Welcome to the AdWoke Podcast. My name is Brett Craig, and here's my story. I'm a former chief creative officer that worked at two of the biggest ad agencies on the West Coast for some of the most famous brands in the world. About two years ago, I was canceled for a five-year-old casting email that someone posted on Instagram. I used some imperfect language. It was taken out of context, and it all happened in the middle of the racial tensions of 2020. The social media mobbing that ensued in the comment section below my email posted on Instagram caused me to lose my job and to be called some rather ugly names that I never thought I'd be called. Suddenly, I went from the top of my career to no career at all. Canceled. Even friends that supported me privately wouldn't come near me publicly. I'm a Christian, and I do believe that God is working all things together for my good, but it was quite honestly one of the most devastating experiences of my life. But it was also strangely liberating. I woke up to a new world, full of uncertainty, but also full of opportunity. The opportunity to do something in short supply in the corporate world today. Tell the truth. I no longer had to be conflicted promoting ideas I don't agree with. And in these times of deceit, I counted a privilege to be able to speak honestly. That's what the AdWoke podcast is all about. I'm going to give it to you straight. We're going to occasionally laugh, and I'm going to say the things you're not allowed to say. Not because I just want to be provocative, although the truth is often provocative, but because I believe the truth will set you free. Welcome to the AdWell Podcast. Today I want to talk about how corporate DEI programs, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, exploit people of color and in turn, people of color often exploit corporate DEI programs, which means everyone is using everyone and no one really wins. That's the game. Uh, and so I want to talk about that today. And I want to use a post by one Walter T. Gear. He's the chief experience design officer, I believe, at TBWA, my former ad agency. I was in the L.A. office. I think he is in the New York office. And I only became aware of Walter because I saw this snafu that occurred when a uh, advertising school called Ad House, uh, a student at Ad House, in their portfolio school, made this ad for a polar bear conservancy, uh, the World Wildlife Fund or something, with the headline, White Lives Matter. And an ad, an ad, sorry, an ad house teacher posted it, believing it to be a good idea. Uh, and that apparently very much offended Walter T. Gear's sensibilities. And so he rather publicly went after ad house and the teacher, Rick Wakefield. And I did a whole substack on it, and you can read it on AdWoke. Uh, There'll be a link below in the show notes. But that's not what this podcast is about. That's just how I became aware of Walter Gear uh, and just noticed um, that he's been, you know, quite uh, outspoken on issues of race and diversity, equity, inclusion, things like that. And uh, he had some very nice words for me on Twitter uh, after my Substack article on Polar Bear Gate. Uh, I will include those links. You can check them out. But consequently, I noticed that uh, uh, Walter uh, T. Gear also had posted something else lately because he's a leading voice in the industry for uh, all things racial, it seems like, and DEI are just these issues that have to do with people of color and just how the ad industry is treating them, et cetera, et cetera. I just noticed he speaks out about a lot of these things. Uh, and Walter clearly seems frustrated by an industry that talks a lot about race, says all the things Walter um, might want them to say, it seems like, but he says he's still, quote-unquote, tired. He says that he's, quote-unquote, tired. He says because we're, quote, just talking to ourselves. Uh, Walter means black people in the ad industry are just talking to themselves at this point. 
Uh, so let me read you the full post that Walter uh, posted, and then I'll talk about why I think Walter Gear has a valid point, but not for the reason he thinks. Uh, at least that's my feeling. Uh, so here's the post. I'll also link to it. But here's Walter T. Gear's LinkedIn post, which starts with uh, the headline, uh, Advice Needed. Walter T. Gear, uh, chief experience design officer that happens to be black, writes this, uh, Advice Needed. I'm loving all the candor and transparency black and brown folks have had on these stages the past few years, but I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired because we are talking to ourselves, and I'm talking to the mirror, and it's exhausting and annoying. We create these dope events and dope panels with incredibly inspiring brothers and sisters, and the problem is no white execs are showing up. That's in all caps. Why are we sitting in rooms talking about our issues with us? When we get it, I get it, I know your pain, you know mine, we are seeing some of the top black and brown talent in the world holding invaluable conversations and rooms literally clear out. I've been on these stages and personally experienced this. So my question to you all, he goes on to say, how do we ensure that these conversations include the same leaders and executives that said they cared two years ago? I'm assuming that Walter's talking about probably in the height of the George Floyd uh, and BLM movement. Um, that's what he's referring to. Anyway, he says, you know, how do we ensure that these conversations include the same leaders and executives that said they cared two years ago? Let's talk about it. Let's use this thread to really think and make suggestions. So I'm clear, just, and so I'm clear, this is not about black and brown people fixing our own problems. I'm asking for all types of people to engage here, he says. So from that post, what I'm hearing is Walter seems to be saying Hey, you guys talk a lot about DEI. You've hired talented people of color um, uh, over the years uh, since this whole um, moment two years ago. You've put them in big positions. And now all these folks have gathered on a stage for a panel that I'm in. And then where the heck are all the advertising and corporate white executives that say they care about all this stuff? Where do they go? And to that, I say, good point, Walter. Where are they indeed? I think you are bringing up a good point. And what I think Walter is scratching the surface on is the reality that DEI scams everyone involved. And, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So what do I mean? Well, if, if DEI is so important, right, if all these issues matter so much to ad agencies and corporations, if having a diversity of skin colors and uh, gender really make the work better, that's always the argument. All the ad agencies and corporations are fond of saying that, and they all do say it. Then what gives? I mean, look, every major national ad agency and midsize and small agency is fronting like they love DEI, that it's core to their business. It makes the work better. It's so very important. Yet, as Walter T. Gear is pointing out, the very white executives that are saying they care about diversity, equity, inclusion, they're nowhere to be found when people of color gather to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion and to talk about POC or BIPOC challenges. I'm just using the the wording that they like to use, but um, people of color or black and indigenous people of color challenges. Walter feels they have valuable points of view, but you could hear a pin drop in one of those rooms for the lack of attendance. And ostensibly, Walter seems to be saying in this post, the very audience that he feels needs to hear what these folks are saying on stage, white leaders, 
you know, he feels they need to hear all the dope and inspiring stuff they're saying at these panels. Those same white executives can't be bothered to show up at these event panels like at Ad Color or Cans or The One Show or other industry events. Now, my first reaction is probably not a helpful one to Walter's post. This is not the most helpful reaction, but I do want to share it a little bit because my first reaction to Walter's voice is, You think you're tired, Walter. Imagine how the people feel who've been told for two straight years they're evil because of their skin color. I know, I know, that's my white fragility and my white privilege talking, but I guarantee people are not excited to come to a conference where they're going to be told they're oppressors and they're not doing enough in their DEI initiatives and how they must solve the problems of other people. Uh, Because as your post says, this is not about black and brown people fixing our own problems, you write. So presumably Walter is suggesting the problems and challenges he feels remain for people of color in the ad world. Those challenges will best be solved by someone else. The solutions will come from white executives, presumably. In any case, I could go down this road and explain why no one wants to come and keep being told they're the problem for all the ills of other people. I could talk about how it's a drag and a drain, and no matter how much DEI corporations do... Uh, it doesn't matter. The nature of it is no one is ever happy with the outcome, it seems like, and the work is never, ever done. And the answer is always more of the same medicine, right? If it's not working, you know what we need? We need more DEI. You notice that? It's always we need more of it. We just haven't done enough of it yet. But rather than focusing on this unproductive response and line of thinking that I could easily get trapped in and never get around to the to a uh, more productive way of thinking about this. Instead, I'd like to focus on the underlying validity of what Walter is saying and what it reveals about corporate DEI programs. Because if DEI, to Walter's point, was really working, like if we really cared about these issues, the industry, Walter shouldn't be feeling so quote-unquote tired And frankly, if DEI were working and truly important to ad agencies and corporations, white executives would be coming to these panels featuring people of color. And they're not. So what gives? To Walter's point, what's going on? Okay, glad you asked. I would submit again that what's going on is that DEI is a corporate scam. It's simply a way for corporations to virtue signal their piousness and purity on racial issues when in fact they really just see DEI as a cost of doing business today and a woke social justice world that they find themselves in, especially in America. Ad agencies are being coerced into doing DEI. And we could get into all the reasons of why that's happening, and there's many, but I won't do that today. But the fact is, corporations and ad agencies feel they must do DEI. And there's a big problem with that, right? Because as we all know, doing something out of coercion is very different than doing something from the heart. I'll say that one more time. Doing something out of coercion like diversity, equity, inclusion, is very different than doing something from the heart. Now, Walter said he wanted advice from all types of people, so he probably never figured he'd get some from me, a guy that is supposed to be quote-unquote racist according to even Walter. I'll put his tweet in the show notes where he says that about me. But one thing I am, as a former white executive, I just happen to be white, and I was an executive... And so I know what I'm talking about on this because I lived it and I saw it over many years in advertising. So you got an insider telling you uh, the inside scoop on this. And what I'm saying is, is DEI, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, is a tax 
on the corporation. It's a drag on it. It produces very little that is positive. It sows a lot of division and ultimately becomes a drain on resources as it often has little to do with the actual business that you're in, which is serving the client and doing great work that moves the needle. That's what we're actually supposed to be doing. Uh, and and it just do, it doesn't have a lot to do with that for the most part. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that there aren't genuine folks who want to help people of color in the ad industry. Of course there are. Uh, and at the very least, there are plenty of leaders who will tell themselves that. Let's just say that. But really helping, as in doing the work, quote unquote, as the woke like to say, not so much. Uh, they're not so much into that. Why? Because DEI is coercive. It's a program that's been foisted on corporate America by highly coercive and politically motivated heads of diversity, HR and DEI consultancies. And we could get into more of that, what the role ESG plays in that. But in most, but I'm not going to do that. But most corporations are simply participating to signal their virtue. And so they have, uh, you know, demonstrated their compliance because they're now being forced to show data and metrics to prove they've achieved more equitable representation. But is DEI really helping their business? In most cases, no. Do most of these white executives really care about DEI? Again, no. They have to do it, but they don't really care about the people, the people of color they claim to care about. And this leads to my next point. Corporations and ad agencies are very often just using people of color. And what do I mean? I mean, uh, the hiring, uh, the way that the hiring and the promotion has always gone and should always go, right, at least historically, is the best man or woman for the job wins, period, end of story. You may say that leads to inequitable outcomes. You may say that's Darwinian and sort of cold-hearted, but that's what executives should be focused on, not because they're mean people, but because they're incentivized by the company succeeding. If the Lakers, I'm just using this as an example, hire their next point guard on any criteria other than talent and hard work, like, say, skin color, as DEI does, the Lakers would never win another championship. And by the way, from what I understand, I'm not watching lately, but they don't seem like they're doing too good, even though they got LeBron and Westbrook and everybody else. All right. Similarly, the ad agency or corporation doesn't benefit from DEI. It must do DEI. That's what no white executive or any executive for that matter will ever say. In truth, DEI is a distraction at best and a major drag on the business at worst because talent, attitude, and hard work, not skin color or gender, is what makes a company truly successful. DEI is not interested in talent or hard work or character. It's interested in meeting some metric that is passable enough for the corporation to say, we've achieved equity in representation and yada, yada. That's what they're really looking to do, just achieve that passable score on equity in terms of representation. What does that mean? It means in many cases, people of color are being used. I'll say that again. It means in many cases, people of color are being used. And if you're a person of color, I would suspect that you know that on some level. You know that because you see how once a person of color is in the building, right? They're in the ad agency or the corporation. Often, they're left to sink or swim on their own, right? Uh, they're likely also to suspect that others are perceiving them as diversity, quote unquote, hires, which is actually really detrimental to their chances of success, right? 
if people see you that way. And I would imagine some DEI hires worry that they might be beneficiaries of tokenism, which is also detrimental to their uh, self-esteem, to their just uh, sense of worth. Uh, so people of color in this way are often being used by the corporation. And Walter T. Gear's observation that no white executives come to panels by POC or people of color is just more excellent evidence that I'm right. These white executives use people of color to virtue signal their commitment to DEI, to meet some metrics, to check the DEI box. But in many cases, they don't really care about these hires. And so there's this mismatch, right? And that's what Walter's noticing. There's a mismatch of words that are said and the actions that are actually taken by corporations. That's because, and I'm going to go back to this again, it's because DEI is a scam and it's all fake and it's all about mutual exploitation. And no one wins in this game. Everyone is being used. And it's not just people of color that are being used by the corporation. This is a two-way street. People of color are also using the ad agency in the corporation. Okay, you don't want to hear me say that, but that is the truth. And what do I mean by that? Well, DEI creates an environment in which a person of color is suddenly fetishized by the corporation. Suddenly, the person of color is being told by everyone that they're owed something. Indeed, they're special unicorns. Why? Because historical injustice or even current injustices have marginalized them. But not to worry, we, the ad agency and corporation, we will fix all that by just basically handing you a job or a promotion to correct for past discrimination. So basically, the corporation is saying, we have to meet some DEI metric and you have the skin color we're looking for. And Really, at the end of the day, and besides, you're, you're, you're marginalized also. And at the end of the day, that's, so we're going to hire you, you know, partly for your skin color, if not totally for your skin color. And I would just say, like, how demeaning is that to a, to a person? How demeaning is it to a person to basically, um, on some level, communicate to them that it's their external attributes that got them hired, not their intrinsic attributes, not their talent, character, hard work. Quick side story, and just my dad popped into my mind. It's kind of a funny uh, adjacent story. Um, but I remember my dad uh, just telling me one time, he's passed away. He's uh, actually lost my dad back in 2007. Uh, pretty tragic story. But, but my dad told me uh, he grew up in a kind of a rough household uh, with, a, with a dad who didn't care about him. Uh, drank and cussed him out and just pretty much a terrible situation. And, you know, in that void was his mother, who I loved my grandma and I think my dad loved his mother. But one thing that he said that his mother would say to him all the time in, in the midst of all this chaos in the household, his mother would say to him, uh, Adeline, my grandma, would say, you know, you're so good looking, you know, but you're so good looking. And I remember my dad telling me when he kind of conveyed this story to me, he said, what, is that, what does that say about me if my value is I'm good looking and my mom keeps telling me that? Like I'm seeing all this chaos in my household. I'm seeing all these problems and it's not my good grades at school. It's not my decorum or my character or my... Uh, politeness around adults or whatever those things might be, my mother just keeps telling me that, well, I'm good looking. What do you do with that? H how does that build you up as a person? And I don't want to speak ill of the dead. I love my grandma, Adeline. I'm sure she meant well, but it left my dad 
feeling feeling rather unfulfilled and unappreciated for who he really was because it was an, an external focus on his outward looks by his own mother. And, and the point here is, is who wants to be hired? I'm just going to take it back to DEI for reasons that have nothing to do with their talent, right? Or maybe little to do with their talent, let's say, or not totally to do with their talent is another way to put it. In other words, if you even suspect a company wants to hire someone or hire you for your skin color, what does that tell you about the company? Well, it tells you that they're not interested in your talent as much as they're interested in your pigmentation. The only value that has to the company, if you really think this through, is to check a DEI box. And so once they've checked that box, what happens? The person of color is often let left to rot, to sit on the bench, as it were, because they were primarily hired not for their talent to begin with, but for their skin color. And that is bad for everyone. But again, why do I say that people of color are also using the corporation then? And this is a little more sensitive to say that, but I believe it because people of color are smart and they too soon realize that DEI is a scam. It's, it's a, a system that in which there is leverage being created around race and gender, and they sense it. It's a quid pro quo in which both parties, both the person of color and the corporation, use each other. The corporation checks the equity box, and the person of color makes a deal with the devil, allowing themselves to be hired on the basis of something other than their actual talent and merit. And everybody, by the way, everybody deserves to be hired on their actual gifts, their merit, their hard work and character. Uh, there's such a big economy out there. There's so many places that we can go work. Uh, we, it's incumbent on us and it's important that the people that hire us are not hiring us for any superfluous reasons, but are actually hiring us for our talent, our merit, our hard work, our character. So everyone is using everyone in DEI. And DEI encourages this phenomenon and everyone is the loser for it. The company, right, the corporation is deprived in some cases of the best hire because they're playing a DEI game, right? They're playing diversity, equity, inclusion. Uh, and the person of color loses out because they deserve to be hired by a company that truly wants their talent, right? Their character, the things that they can bring to the table, not their skin color, something they can't even control. When a company hires for talent, they naturally, and this is the upside of hiring for talent, right? And character and hard work. When a company hires for talent and those things, they naturally care about that talent because talented people are always in demand and you must take care of them or you risk losing them. So you nurture talent, right? You pay attention to talent. You promote talent. You listen to talent. You come to their panels, right? Because you want to support that talent because that talent, their abilities, that supports you and your company. And this is the way it should work. But DEI shortchanges this beautiful sort of system, right? Uh, it shortchanges that because it cares little about people's actual abilities and character and focuses almost exclusively on external immutable attributes, right? External immutable characteristics, uh, and it makes those the criteria for hiring and promotion. And I hate to say it, at the end of the day, no one cares about the skin color someone has, right? Unless they're a racist, they may say they care and the DEI sense of it, right? But they don't really care. Companies care about who can solve problems. The executives only care about who contributes on the field, 
Again, I know I was one. They may never say this because today you have to say diversity, equity, and inclusion is what matters. But that's the conversation that's going down behind the scenes in the C-suite office. I would know when the chips are down, who brings the ideas and hustle to the game, regardless of skin color or gender? We didn't care about that. Didn't matter who brought it. That's all we cared about. What have you done for the company lately is the question. And having a certain skin color is mostly an incidental thing, right? It's just, it's not central. In spite of the fact that DEI coercively forces everyone to focus on it, because ultimately it means little to the business except to satisfy some DEI metrics, right? In any case, it could rightly be said, and I really believe this, that any corporation that's focused on skin color primarily in their hiring, firing, and promoting, that company is actually racist because it's by definition discriminating based on those things. And we should never discriminate on those things. This is why I said that people of color are also taking advantage of the corporation via DEI because it's obvious when someone is being favored for something they can't control like skin color or gender. Of course, we're told it's just to correct for past discrimination, but in the end, if you suspect you're getting a job for having a certain skin pigmentation, right, certain certain level of melanin uh, in, in levels, if that's what you suspect, then if you accept that job, you are complicit in the exploitation. You wouldn't want someone to marry you for your skin color, right? You wouldn't want someone to be your friend for your skin color. Why would you want a job for just having a certain skin color, something you can't control? Your skin color isn't who you are or what makes you valuable unless, unless the system is so corrupt that skin color becomes important. And that's where we are once again today, thanks to DEI. We are once again in America saying certain skin pigmentation has more worth than other skin color. We did this before with white skin color. Now we're doing it again with darker skin color. And if you participate in that racist ideology, in that racist exchange and practice, then you are complicit. This is why I say people of color are using corporations as well. And everyone is the loser because the corporation deserves the very best candidate and the person of color deserves to be hired by a company who hires them for their talent and character, not because of their skin color. To enter into any work relationship on grounds other than that is to make a deal with the devil. I talk about that all the time, to make that Faustian bargain, which is what DEI makes inevitable for everyone involved who partakes in it. Therefore, again, everyone loses in this game. And so we're going to get back to Walter's post. He wonders in his post why white executives uh, are not coming to his panel. Well, and here's the answer, because they've already done the job in their minds. They gave people of color jobs, and in many cases, they did that out of coercion to meet their DEI quota, or just as bad, and maybe even worse, they did that to feel good about themselves and to virtue signal. But there was no real commitment there, right? That's what Walter's noticing just two years later. And conversely, the person of color, right, suspects that they're being used now, and yet, and yet so often, which is also why I say you're complicit if you do this, you accept the offer anyway. After all, everyone is telling people of color that they are owed the job. And then I think they accept the job and they hope it'll all work out in the end, only to discover that they're actually just being used. And what I think Walter's post indicates is that on some level, he recognizes that because there's a major disconnect between the words that white executives and corporations and ad agencies are saying regarding DEI and their 
and, and their actual actions, right? There's a separation there. You're saying all the right stuff, Mr. Corporate CEO, uh, Ms., you know, whatever, um, Mr. Sweet, C-Suite, but there's, there's a real gap in the actual actions. And Walter, I believe, is rightly pointing out the discrepancy. But of course, I would suspect that Walter uh, T. Gear would argue that we actually just need more diversity, equity, inclusion, more accountability on diversity, equity, inclusion. And that's, I think, where we would actually disagree, right? We need to double down on all the things that got us there. But since Walter asked for advice in his post, it was posted in October, so it's a little late, my advice. It's coming a little late, but better late than never. But since he asked for advice on how to address this problem, I'm going to offer some. And I'm not going to offer Cindy Gallup's awful advice. And when she suggests to Walter that he simply lie and name his conference something like making a crap ton of money or something like that, that's kind of what she said, which Cindy says uh, he should do because that she believes that will motivate people to stick around for Walter's panels. Uh, you know, that's what she does, she says. And I'll put the link to her post. She's very proud of it. She tweeted it out on Twitter. But you know what? Look, if you followed Cindy's advice, uh, perhaps that's worked for her. I would suspect it'll work once or twice. And then Walter will find no one's coming to his conference anymore because he named it things that misled people into believing it was something it wasn't. So I think I have a much more uh, worthwhile uh, take on this, better advice. Uh, and I really believe this. And since Walter wants all kinds of people to offer perspectives, I think mine is worth considering. And what do I have? What does he have to lose listening to me? And, you know, what do I have to gain by trying to flatter Walter or anything else? So uh, consider this advice uh, as just a free one. Do with it what you will. So here's my advice to Walter. Stop renting from these fake people and corporations, Walter, and instead start owning and so what do I mean by that? Stop renting and start owning your future. Uh, and what I mean is DEI enables, I think, ultimately. It's a system that enables mutual exploitation. Both sides are using each other, as I already established. So forget what these corporate DEI programs, which got us to this place to begin with, uh, you know, let, forget that. Yeah, it may have gotten people of color in the door, but now that you're in, where is the support for people of color? Clearly, from Walter's post, it seems he feels that support is not there. They don't even show up to the stinking panels you're doing. So here is a very viable fix. Kiss DEI goodbye and all the fake virtue signaling that comes with it, right? That half the time that, virtu you know, that fake virtue signaling is on the behalf and for the benefit of the white executives, right? They make themselves look good saying all the things. But you're just being used. Stop renting from those ad agencies and corporations and become an owner. And what I mean is, I would say to Walter, start your own ad agency or design shop and control your own fate. Uh, make your own culture, a culture not built on mutual exploitation, which is what DEI guarantees is going to happen, but instead is built on mutual respect for what people are bringing to the table, right? What they're actually, the talents and the things that they're bringing to the table. But you might be wondering, you might be saying, Brett, how would I do that? And here is my thought. Uh, my thought is I would go to those very same holding companies who claim they believe in all of this uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and make them put their money where their DEI is. In other words, ask them to stake you out. If they care about people of color, tell them to put their money where their mouth is. Stake out 
people of color, right? Fund them, help them uh, own instead of renting. Ask them to help you build uh, your business. I think that would be a very fair ask. And I think there's clearly a market for it. Uh, I think that's obvious right now. Uh, and I think a couple of things could or would happen. I think one, if, if, if you did that, you'd discover that these holding companies, uh, you'd, you'd find out actually if these holding companies believe anything they actually say. Do they really want to empower people of color, really help them rise? Or is DEI just talk, just so much cover uh, for uh, corporations that really don't care about it but need to meet some metric? And I'm guessing... And my thought here is I'm guessing that you would have a lot of leverage, uh, someone like Walter, uh, but anybody, uh, uh, any person of color would have a lot of leverage if they've got talent, which I assume Walter has because he's in a, a big position at TBWA. Um, I, I would assume you'd have a lot of leverage because otherwise <laughs> these holding companies look really bad blathering on about diversity, equity, inclusion, but then not helping people of color become owners, not renters, but owners. So that's number one. Number two, I believe... And this is the second part of this because you got to believe you got a real business model here. Number two, I believe many corporate clients, I think tons of them, would hire an agency or a design shop uh, led by a person of color. Uh, and, and I think, too, you have leverage there, again, because they also need to be held to account for their copious words about their commitment to DEI. And so whenever a agency or a design shop uh, that was led by a person of color uh, were to pitch them or approach them for work, I just think they would be inclined to really want to work with them, uh, partly because they've made all these promises and they should put up or shut up. So uh, the thought here would be you want to support black business, Microsoft or Google or Burger King? Well, how about mine? I'm the one pitching you. How about supporting me? Uh, and, um, and so... That's my advice. Stop renting from TBWA, Droga, Widen, the Omnicoms, and the WPPs, and start owning. Become the boss. You set the company culture. And if diversity, equity, and inclusion is the secret sauce for success, I'm highly doubtful that it is. But if that's what you think it is, show the world how it's done and make these corporations cash that check who say they believe the same thing. Stop renting from these ad agencies. Become an owner. Then use your talent to build your own business and do great work. And here's the thing. Here's the silver lining and all of it. I don't even know if it's a silver lining. It's, it's all good. Um, and guess what? You know all those panels where none of those white executives showed up? That's going to solve itself because now, uh, as a person of color, you're an entrepreneur and an owner. And guess what? Everyone will want to come to that panel to understand how you pulled it off. How did you do that? Because that's super inspiring. And uh, nobody wants, at the end of the day, you know, the current offering that's up on the table, the next panel. Nobody wants to do more DEI. It's the thing that got us into this mess. It's making everybody miserable. It's the thing that is allowing for mutual exploitation in which no one wins, uh, not the corporation and not the person of color. Now, I want to be clear because people are going to say, Brett, you're suggesting segregation of ad agencies. No, I'm not. I'm suggesting that talent, hard work, and character are the only criteria that should matter. And I'm suggesting that anyone who tells you otherwise, which is basically every ad agency and corporation in the country at the moment, they're liars or virtue signalers or both. And if you accept their offer to hire you because they're mainly enamored with your skin color, it's a lose-lose. You're being used, and if you're going along with it, you're using them too. Instead, 
go build your agency and own it. Ditch these fake corporations and their DEI programs that are performative ultimately, right? It's all performative and it's not working anyway. If it were, if it were working, that panel with talented people of color Walter's talking about that he's on, that panel would be filled, that room would be filled with an audience brimming with not only white executives, but all kinds of people. Uh, they, would, they would be there, but they're not. Stop renting from these ad agencies and corporations who are full of lots of talk and minimal action and start owning. Make the holding companies stand by their virtue signaling words and they can start by helping more people of color be owners. And then people of color can create whatever company culture they want. And that's a good thing. That's the kind of diversity that makes the business world stronger and better. That makes America better too. It makes us a stronger country. I really do believe that. That's, that's, that's the kind of diversity I'm into. Diversity of thought, diversity of perspectives. That makes us stronger. Now, I don't think this is an easy path. I mean, I think like, you know, I could say all this and Walter might be listening to this. I doubt he will. But if he did, it uh, it's not an easy path per se. But I do think it's an extremely viable one because diversity, equity and inclusion, it's not working as it has been. So shall it be. It's not going to change. Expecting all this change with more DEI workshops and panels is a waste of time. I think the solve and the future is ownership not DEI, which is a system built on mutual exploitation, which is all the more disappointing given that it claims to be about helping people of color, when in fact it's mostly performative corporate virtue signaling, which means in the end, everyone loses. I'm Brett Craig. Thanks for joining the AdWoke podcast. Until next time, you're not crazy. They are.